You're listening to The Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 194. Physical health starts on the inside. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love or back in love with being a nurse. So come along with me and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. Hey there, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. How you doing? It's been a quiet couple days around my house, which has been lovely. It's been amazing. <laughs> My husband took Evelyn up to Portland to watch their first in-person Blazers game. And of course, I miss them. I also really enjoy it being kind of quiet around my house. (laughs) I'm excited for them to get back. They'll be home tomorrow. And it's been really nice. Me and Eli just hanging out here, getting some quality time together. And another perk has been because my husband and I both haven't been working. There's been kind of a long stretch of us not working. I've taken the window covers off our bedroom windows. Can any of you night shifters relate to this? Like usually we just keep our room looking like a cave and it's really kind of dark and gloomy in there because either he's working or then I'm working and it seems like there's no point in taking off these window covers we have. Which by the way, if you're a night shifter, Google blackout easy window covers. Spelled blackout and then just the letters E-Z window covers. They're amazing. They Velcro on and like seal around the edges of your window to make it really dark in there. And they're super easy to take up and down. But just because even when we're not working, we tend to stay on a night shift or my husband at least stays on a night shift schedule most of the time. We just keep them up all the time. So since he's been gone, I took him down and I sent him a picture of our room all bright and airy and beautiful and I've just really enjoyed having light in my bedroom again. It's the little things, right? You night shifters, you know, daylight is so wonderful. So anyways, that's what's going on over here. How are you doing? How's life? Well, today I want to talk to you about how your mental and emotional health impacts your physical health. So we're going to talk about how our physical health really starts on the inside. What's going on with you mentally and emotionally? Now, I feel like we hear the opposite of this a lot, and that's true too. I think it's a cyclical relationship. But what we tend to hear most often is that our physical health has such huge benefits for our mental and emotional health. And again, I totally agree with that. I think that's true and Definitely keep exercising and doing those things that are going to help your mental and emotional health. But where I want to take it today is looking at how our physical health really does start on the inside. Because before you do any of those actions that are going to promote physical health, like exercising or how you eat and all of that stuff, it starts with an idea. It starts with what's going on in your brain and then You have to sort through all that mental drama and overwhelm and that urge to get the instant pleasure versus the long-term benefits and all of that. You have to go through all of that before it even gets to 
putting into action these ideas and these things that are going to help your physical health. So it all starts on the inside. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to share with you three ways I've seen what I call thought work impact my physical health. Now, if you haven't heard the term thought work before, what I mean by that is the thoughts you choose to think and being intentional about those. So that's thought work, choosing your thoughts intentionally, how that helps us with our physical health. Okay? So I'm going to share three ways with you that I've seen that in my life because three is such a beautiful number. We all love having things come in threes, right? And it just so happened that I thought of three ways that my thought work has impacted my physical health, okay? And it can do it for you too. So the first way is that in order to change our habits, it has to start on the inside, Okay, so like I was just saying, like we have all that mental drama that we go through if we have a goal, if we want to start running or start doing yoga or change our eating habits. We have all of this mental and emotional drama that often comes up for us as we start to plan and think about making those changes. For instance, if you're thinking, I want to start exercising, If you're feeling totally overwhelmed by that, like, this is impossible. How can I fit that into my life? I'm so busy and exhausted already. And and the house is a mess. And who's taking care of the kids? And I have to cook. And I have all these responsibilities. And I work 12 and a half hour shifts. You see how all of that creates all this drama and overwhelm that often causes our goals to fizzle out before we even start before we even go to the gym one time, when we're overwhelmed, when it just feels so impossible, it stalls us out. And so that's one way that being intentional about my thoughts has helped me get traction with some of those health habits that I've wanted to implement in my life. And for those of you who listen to this podcast and have been here for a while, you might have heard me sprinkle in here and there throughout episodes that journey for me. And it didn't happen overnight. Like I'm not saying that as we start being intentional about our thoughts, we're like, I love exercising. It's going to be so easy. And we like, all of a sudden, it's like flipping on a switch where we implement this new habit and we do it perfectly. That's not how it was for me. But if you've listened to me over these podcast episodes, you might have heard this gradual change. So it used to be that I thought, It's impossible. I can't fit it into my life. I can't exercise. I don't have time for it. I'm so exhausted. I've got two little kids. Not happening. That's how I used to think about it. But then I started to be intentional about my thoughts. That thought work we were talking about, right? So I started to just notice my thoughts, that I was telling myself that it was impossible. And then I started to question that. I was like, you know what? It's not impossible. I could stay up an extra hour every night or get up an hour early every day and exercise. That is not impossible. It's not like every minute of my life is planned out and it's not changeable. It's not like it's set in stone, right? So as I questioned that, I realized I'm not being totally honest with myself. 
when I tell myself it's impossible, that's not really true. And it makes me just stay stuck, right? It's like, it's impossible to do that goal. It's like if I'm saying, I want to fly without being on an airplane or any gear. I just want to be able to fly, like sprout wings. That's impossible. So then we're just stuck, right? That's like how I was thinking about exercise. But when I questioned it, I was like, okay, the truth is, it's not impossible. It's just not a priority for me right now. And I let myself be okay with that. And I started owning that truth. It was like, I could exercise, but I'm not willing to give up sleep for it. I really like sleep. I think sleep helps me be a nicer mom. I think sleep is also helping my physical and mental and emotional health. I want to stick with sleep. Right? And I was like, the truth is, I don't really enjoy exercising. It's not fun for me to get all sweaty. And I don't like running on the treadmill out in the cold garage. So when I just started owning my truth, I didn't start exercising right away. But you see how it wasn't this impossible thing like sprouting wings and learning to fly. It was like, okay, if I wanted to, I could change it. I just don't want to. So that was my first step, but it was an intentional thought process. It was an intentional change in the way I thought about it. And then from there, I just kept taking those baby steps where I thought, maybe I could fit exercise in. Maybe I want to. I wonder how I could do that. And so I started to get more creative. I was like, maybe my kids want to go running with me sometimes. So I've ran a mile with my (laughs) five-year-old and my two-and-a-half-year-old trailing behind me, right? Like kind of a slower mile pace, but it got us out, got us moving, and was kind of fun to do that with the kids. And started taking them out in the stroller or finding times when my husband could watch the kids and I could go out by myself, and I realized it really doesn't take that long. And then from there, I started to believe Maybe it could be fun. And since then, I've started running with a friend. And we really enjoy having that time to talk and barely even think about how sweaty and tired I am because we're having these awesome conversations and it just keeps me going. And then I feel so proud of myself and I'm kind of like, you know what? My body really likes doing that. I personally don't always love exercising. Like I said, I don't love getting all sweaty and needing to go shower and get ready for the day again or whatever. But I'm like, my body really likes that. I'm willing to do that for my body. So then I've started to feel proud of myself. I've felt more committed and it's helped me over time establish this new habit. Okay, so with the habits you want to implement in your life that will help your physical health, It's not about just being like, okay, I just have to get out there and do it. If that's the way we approach it, then we're relying completely on willpower, forcing ourselves to go do something we don't want to do. But if we start on the inside by paying attention to our thoughts and we gradually choose different thoughts that work us towards having a desire for our goal. Then instead of relying on willpower, we're relying on curiosity or commitment 
or excitement even. And those things are going to fuel us so much better to start taking action and being consistent and, and continuing on with this new habit. Okay. Now, along with this one, I also want to mention our thought work, being intentional about our thoughts is going to help us when we're not meeting our goals, when we're not being consistent, when we're failing at all of it. Because what so many of us do is then we start spiraling in shame and overwhelm and guilt and discouragement and hopelessness that we're never going to meet our health goals. But when we take a look at all of the thoughts creating those emotions, because our thoughts are what create our emotions, when we start being intentional about those thoughts, then we don't have to spin out in shame and guilt and discouragement and despair. Instead, we can learn from those setbacks or failures, whatever you want to call them, and just get back up and keep going and see how we can fit things into our lives and be compassionate and kind to ourselves in the process. Okay, so that's the first way is as we're intentional about our thoughts, it can help us establish new habits and keep going consistently. The second way that I've seen how self-care can start on the inside is that it can help you find answers to your health challenges. So here's what I mean by this. I think sometimes we just expect to have physical discomfort and so we don't seek out solutions for it or things that can help us with it. Like maybe as a nurse, you think, I just feel some back pain after my shift or I feel sore or tight and that's just part of it. So you don't necessarily seek out solutions or things to help with that. Maybe you do. I hope you do. But sometimes we just think that's all part of it, right? Or maybe with like for women who are menstruating, we think, you know, that's just part of PMS is I get cramps or I get headaches and those types of things, right? So we just kind of ignore these physical things thinking that's just the way it is. So I had an experience with this over the last year where I was feeling just kind of off from, I would say, baseline me, where I was just feeling a little bit more tired than usual, feeling more irritable. It seemed like things were bothering me more that typically wouldn't bother me. And I was just like, what is going on? I was just kind of curious, like, what is, is there something with my electrolytes that are off? Is there something with hormones that are off? And so I was just curious about it and wanted to figure out if there's something going on. So I ended up going into urgent care just because it was going to take forever to get into my PCP and I wanted to get things figured out. So I went into urgent care and they took labs and everything came back normal. And I promise this story isn't going anywhere scary. (laughs) As I'm saying it, I'm like, I can see you guys being like, oh no, is she going to tell us some horrible health diagnosis? That's not where this is going. But anyways, everything came back normal. And then the doctor came in to talk to me and he was like, you know, sometimes moms are just tired and overwhelmed and maybe that's what's going on with you here. And I was like, yeah, maybe. 
but I kind of didn't really think that was it. But if I had just taken his word for it and not had my own curiosity and determination driving me, I could have just stopped there and been like, okay, so this is just what it's going to feel like for a while to be a mom till my kids get a little bit older or till I get my routines or whatever figured out a little bit better. But I just kept thinking, I think there's some answers. And so I just stayed open to finding solutions. And I would talk to friends about different things. I tried some different supplements. I, you know, was just kind of curious. And as I kept my mind open to finding answers and looking for solutions, I came across the book In the Flow. And my goodness, you have to read this book. Everyone needs to read this book. I'm a huge fan of it. But what it's about is how to cycle sync your life. So I know that's probably a phrase you haven't heard before if you haven't read the book. So cycle syncing is the idea that as women go through their hormonal monthly cycles, there are things that you can do to help support your hormonal health. So it could be the foods you eat throughout different phases of your cycle that are going to help your hormones and how you're going to be feeling at different stages of your cycle and how to optimize those things. So at different phases, you're going to feel more energized and maybe want to do more aerobic exercise. And at other phases, you're going to want to do things more like Pilates or going on walks and yoga. And so just understanding how your body works and what your body needs in order to optimize your health. And it was a fascinating book. The reason I say everyone should read it is because I don't think we go into nearly enough detail in our health classes that we go through. At least I didn't in my high school health class and even throughout nursing school. And so it was mind-blowing to me to learn all of these things about the female cycle. So go read that book. It's by Elisa Vitti called In the Flow, and flow is spelled F-L-O. And you can be a total weirdo like me and be obsessed with your cycle. (laughs) One of my friends the other day texted me and she was, she knows about my cycle syncing that I try to eat different foods at different times of the month. And so she was about to tell me some bad news about some changes in our plans and was trying to let me down softly. And she was like, so Abby, what's your uterus doing right now? (laughs) Because I think she was trying to figure out how well is she going to take this news. But Anyways, it was funny to me that she said that. So you can read this book and be obsessed with tracking your cycle and and all of that stuff too, and your friends can make fun of you. But it was life-changing for me. It really helped as I started doing these different dietary things and just understanding my body more and having more compassion at different times of the month when I'm feeling up to different things. And it was a super fascinating read, so I highly recommend it. But regardless of if that's any sort of solution for your health concerns or your experience or not, what I want to point out is that it was that thought work that started on the inside that led me to finding that solution. Just keeping that curiosity and that hope and that commitment to myself, like, I'm going to figure out what's going on. I'm curious about it. I wonder what's going on. I bet there's a solution out there. I bet there are answers. And that kept me having conversations with people and being informed about different things. And, and I don't know what it was exactly that led me to this book, 
But it was because I was going down that path and keeping myself open to it that I found that solution. And so whatever your solutions might be, as we keep those thoughts and choose intentionally, I bet there are answers out there. I bet I can figure this out. I bet there are things that can help me. Then we don't have to just brush aside our pains and discomforts. We can go and find those solutions. The other thing is as we do experience health challenges or concerns, or maybe you're kind of scared to get some sort of diagnosis or something like that, and so you put off seeking treatment, right? We hear patients do that all the time, right? They don't want to find out they have some sort of scary diagnosis, and so they just don't go to the doctor. But when we're in control of our thoughts and our emotions, we know how to keep ourselves in the present instead of spinning out and worry about the future, then we're not so scared to find out what might be going on with us. And then we actually maybe get some proactive, preventative health care, or we catch things early and we take care of our health in that way. So the other day, and again, not going in a scary direction, okay, <laughs> but with my my son, Eli, who's two and a half years old, I was so glad I had these tools of thought work as we had some concerns come up with him about his hearing. So he's two and a half years old and his speech has been kind of delayed, especially compared to our daughter, Evelyn. But even beyond that, just compared to like typical development, he's been a lot slower to develop his speech. So anyways, long story short, we went in for a speech evaluation back in the fall, and they detected some hearing issues at that time. But they kind of brushed it aside, and so did I, because when they did the hearing test, he was crying and squirming, and the lady was like, you know, sometimes these things aren't accurate. And so we just kind of brushed it aside because I thought, it doesn't seem like he's having any hearing difficulty. But I kind of had that in the back of my mind for a while. And just over this last month, I really started to think maybe there actually is a hearing impairment that's causing his speech to be delayed. And so I did a little home test. <laughs> Me and my husband are such dorks. We basically spent two days whispering at our son to see if he could hear us, reading bedtime stories and whispering to him like, where's the duck and stuff like that. But I started to think, you know, I I really think he actually has a hearing impairment. And so as I started to really tap into that, I still didn't have very much information, right? Like I had no idea what was causing the hearing impairment. I had no idea how severe it was, no idea what that meant for the trajectory of his life, if his hearing was going to keep declining and what he was going to need. And so at first... My brain wanted to run away with all this worry about like, is his hearing going to just totally go away? Am I going to have to learn sign language? Like, how is this going to impact his life? But then I was like, we don't need to go there. Like, I let myself just answer my brain for a moment. Like, if I need to learn sign language, I can totally do it. It's going to be hard and discouraging at times. And I'm going to be really sad for Eli for the ways this might impact his life and the hardships he might face that are unfamiliar to me. But 
ultimately we're going to be okay. So I let myself answer that part of my brain, but then I redirected myself back to the present. I was like, but here's what's happening right now. I have an extremely happy little boy giggling, running around, playing with trucks. That is what's right in front of me right now. He's doing great. And what I know is he might have a hearing impairment. And so my next step is just to go get that tested and find out what's going on and get more information. And so as I came back to the present, which is what I've learned from doing this thought work and learned how to do that while still allowing emotions, not suppressing emotions and resisting them and causing them to build, but doing that in a way that feels genuine and healthy and balanced, I was able to come back to the present and not let my brain just take off about all these scary what ifs and freak out and grieve all these things that haven't even happened yet. I just came back to the present and was like, okay, what are we going to do next? Okay, so you can find answers to your health challenges by using thought work, and you can cope with the emotions that might come up with them by using these tools that I teach you here. And I should tell you, we have since gotten more information. So we went in for a hearing evaluation, and they did detect a hearing problem. And where it's looking like things are going now is that there's fluid behind his eardrums, and he'll probably have to go get tubes placed to drain the fluid. And then he should be able to hear normally, and that should hopefully help his speech as well. So just so you know, that's the the path we're on right now. Um, but imagine if I had spent all that time just totally freaking out about what the future could look like, and then it turns out that's not what we're experiencing. That's not what's ahead of us. I would have done all of that suffering ahead of time. And even if that was the outcome that I was going to learn sign language and he was going to go deaf and all of those things... Me freaking out about it ahead of time wasn't going to prevent that. So I just want you to see how these tools can help you just acknowledge your fears and not suppress them, but then come back to the present and deal with the real issues in front of you. Okay, now our last one I want to talk about, how self-care starts on the inside, is that as you learn how to truly feel emotions and not fear uncomfortable emotions, you will naturally make healthier choices. Often, we think it's really horrible feeling uncomfortable emotions, right? Like, have you ever felt embarrassed, like humiliated? It's uncomfortable, right? Or or disappointed or heartbroken, All of these emotions feel so uncomfortable. And our brain doesn't like discomfort. Our brain thinks discomfort equals death. It's like, that is painful. It means I'm going to die. So if I want to stay alive, I have to get away from this discomfort. And so most of us get into a habit of trying to avoid and escape discomfort. And a lot of times we do that in ways that aren't promoting our health. When we feel stressed, we're like, oh no, this is uncomfortable. I'm going to die. I need some pleasure. I need to eat a pint of ice cream. 
And we're like, oh no, I feel overwhelmed or irritated or angry or hurt. I need to go drink a whole bunch of wine so I can feel better. Or I need to distract myself and go binge on Netflix shows. When we think uncomfortable emotions are dangerous and are a problem and we don't know what to do with them and they're so overwhelming, then we make these choices that when we make those choices a lot in excess, it can cause problems for our physical health. I used to do this all the time. I remember when Evelyn was really little, before, like as I was maybe just starting to hear about thought work and coaching and all of this, but wasn't very familiar with it yet. One thing I would do is as soon as I would get her down for a nap, I would come downstairs and eat junk food. I would go for like a handful of chocolate chips or a few handfuls of chocolate chips because I was like, oh my gosh, it was so stressful all morning and I finally got her down for a nap. Now I just need to make myself feel better and eat some sugar. And it wasn't a huge problem for me just doing it now and then. But like when we make those choices over and over again, where it's like, oh my gosh, I had such a stressful shift. I need to go get donuts. My husband and I used to do that too. We would work our night shifts together and we'd be like, oh my gosh, it was rough last night. Let's go visit Penny at our favorite donut shop, get some apple fritters. That will make us feel better. But now I don't have to do that. I still enjoy eating sweets and like, I'm not saying you have to cut that out or that there's anything wrong with doing that, but I'm in control of it. I'm not trying to escape emotions. And so as you learn how to truly process your emotions and not fear your emotions and allow them and you know what to do with them and you don't create nearly as much stress and overwhelm and heartache for yourself to begin with, it's all so much more manageable. So you can make those healthier choices. Not to mention when you're not feeling so stressed out and you're creating more emotions like excitement and gratitude and joy, and you're experiencing those emotions more often, those emotions are energizing. And so then we actually start making choices that promote health. It's like now we're not just staying away from things that are harmful to our health. We're feeling emotions that are energizing. So we're like, maybe I could go for a walk today. Maybe I could do some stretches. Maybe a hike would be nice. Maybe I want to do some squats. So we're not weighed down by these uncomfortable emotions. We still feel them from time to time, but we know what to do with them. But we don't have so much of it to sort through. So we feel like we can get out there and go do something, go move our body and and do things that are going to help our physical health. Right? So those are three ways that I came up with that I've seen in my life with how physical health really does start on the inside. It starts with what you're choosing to think and the emotions you're creating for yourself. And all of that fuels your physical health journey. It's powerful stuff, my friends. I know sometimes it can seem kind of trivial to be like, oh, just think happy thoughts. Just think something positive. But that's not what this is. It goes so much deeper than that. 
it really can create a totally different experience for you. Mentally and emotionally, for sure. But that mental and emotional health impacts your physical health as well. So if you've got some goals, if you've got some physical health goals, make sure you're starting on the inside too. And that is how you will be wildly successful with those goals. All right, my friends, thanks for being here. Have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you later. Take care.